This is a Hot Pie Original. Hello, and welcome to the Amy Edwards Show. I'm your host, Amy Edwards, and so happy that we're both here and connecting because I am here to use my voice as my purpose to help you make your life more rocking and me too, and just keep transforming ourselves into that best version that we know is there and do it in the most efficient way possible. So welcome. So happy you're here. We have a badass guest today, Brigham Bueller, who is a friend of mine and the founder of Ways to Well. That's Ways to the number two well, which is a company that could transform healthcare and wellness care. And I'm all about it. I'm going to tell you more in just a little bit in the intro. A little bit of business. Sign up for the newsletter if you haven't yet. And it's at amyedwards.com. And also, if you could rate, review, subscribe, ooh, we're going to get into that today too. So uh, let's get started. Good Life Clothing produces a line of ultra premium basics to ensure you always look your best while being your most comfortable. That's the dream, right? <laughs> yes. Good Life was developed by a team of fashion industry veterans. And you know, fashion industry is dear to my heart. Um, they were aiming to provide the best fitting essentials from the finest of materials. And it's all made right here in the USA, which is even better. And I'm so excited too, because on Saturday, June 5th, I'm going to be hosting a live show alongside Jeff Ward at 3 p.m. at Good Life's brand new location on the Domain North Side here in Austin. So stoked. So stop by that new Austin location and it's on June 5th. Again, you can watch, you can hang out and you can also get 20% off when you mention my code, Amy20, A-M-Y-20. The code's also valid on your entire order at goodlifeclothing.com. Hope to see you there. Here we are. I know I mentioned two things in that intro that we're going to get into right now. Okay. Number one, which I said, rate, review, subscribe. Mm -hmm. I'm always asking for those. So let's back up a little bit. Um, last week, I, so my daughter's turning 16. So I've got to figure out like car for her because she's going to get a car. And so I'm trying to sort that all out. And of course, it's like the worst time in history to buy a car, buy a used car. So I'm trying to navigate that. And I thought, you know, I've never had my car detailed. We may give her this other car. And I was like, we'll get them detailed. Great. So I look up a detail company. They come to your house, which I've never done. I was excited. And I was like, my car's going to be so nice and new. I decided to just do it on mine just, just for fun, just so they'd all be clean. And so they did mine first. And, <laughs> and the technician that was detailing my car in my own carport, set my keys on the other car. He left, keys got lost. And uh, I was like, holy shit, my key, the only key I have to a car that, you know, has to have it like programmed and all that stuff. It's like a complicated key to lose. And I have held onto that thing like my life depended on it. Right. And so, and so I am like floored. Like, what does this mean? I call the dealership and they're like, tell me this whole thing that you have to do. Anyway, that's not the point of the story, but it has been highly inconvenient. And I was like, fuck, what am I going to do? And, um, and so at the time of this recording, it's been like a week and I haven't been able to use my car. That's not the point. Anyway, the detail company has been very helpful, but I was telling a friend about this the day after it happened. I was like, here's what's going on. Oh my God. And he was like, he laughed and he was like, oh yeah, zero stars. And 
it made me laugh. Like, I don't, I don't want to, you know, do that to that company necessarily. I understand it was an accident, right? But it made me think about like, here I am, you know, asking my listeners and the audience to give me five stars on wherever you listen. Apple is the one mainly Apple podcast to hit that five stars, right? As to, I've, I've been asking for it for, for weeks. It, it, it apparently really matters in this podcasting game. And so I'm like, if you can, please, 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 please. But I had a moment of pause where I was like, all right, this is like real life. This is like the little things in life that can make you pissed off, can make you treat people bad. And here I'm preaching all this stuff over here. Am I really living it in the moment? Am I really walking the walk? And I had just to sit with that. I was like, am I, would they give me five stars? And I looked back on whatever text message I had sent them and it wasn't too bad, but it wasn't that great either. It was like, I am utterly shocked that this happened in my own car, you know, whatever it was. And I was like, was I coming from my best self there? Was that five-star Amy? Mm. And you know, granted, you can cut people a lot of slack. You're like, yeah, you know, that sucks. But who are we really in those little moments when shit goes wrong and it feels like stress and we have to deal with it? And, you know, I'm fortunate to have a car. It's made me way more grateful for transportation in general. That's for sure. You know, having to like figure out how to get from point A to point B when I need to. And I guess just, I, I, it made me reflect back to, I think that this was probably before I was doing these shows. I did a meditation on my Instagram and I hadn't been doing them that long. I hadn't got the hang of my dog because she's, she can be really like, I don't know, have her own agenda during those. And now I, you know, put her away and make sure she's taken care of before I start them. At that point, I didn't, and she was being super annoying during it. And she was like coming around. She was like shaking. She was licking. She was making noise, pawing at the door. And as soon as I ended my Instagram live meditation, I yelled at her. I was like, what are you doing? You know, whatever I said to her. And I had a moment where I was like, oh, what if the camera was still on and people saw that? And they were like, damn, she doesn't sure meditate. Yeah, right. It's really, it's really working. And uh, I was like, oh shit. And so the next week meditation, I told that story and I was like, I did a meditation. I'm like, who are we being all the time? Even when camera's off, even when nobody's looking, even when it's just one person, maybe our significant other seeing the real us, like, mm, mm. like, are we getting five stars in those moments? Are we really doing what we say we're doing? And I think it was just a really good reminder last week where I was like, what rating would they give me as a customer? What rating would they give me for how I handled myself? Are they going to look at all the stuff I do and put out there and go, what a phony, you know? And so it straightened me up. I was like, I need, if I'm saying you come from love all the time and be present, am I operating from a place of like worry and concern and like, you know, fuck this and, and look what you did, blame? all that kind of stuff? Or am I really walking the walk of like, no, you know what? 
I can take a deep breath. This is not the end of the world. It's because it's not. It's key, right? And it can get fixed. It's stuff. Stuff can get fixed. And would those people look at me and call me a phony or would they say, yeah, she really actually lives what she preaches? Because, you know, I was like, I'm sitting here asking people to give me five stars. Am I, am I, am I being five stars? And I'm not saying we have to be all the time. God, no. I mean, I have my one star moments for sure. Zero stars, whatever, half star. Um, you know, in parenting too, gosh, I think about times that, you know, I have not been the best parent or yelled at my kids or whatever. I yelled at Sydney, my oldest, not too long ago. I got frustrated with her and then I felt really bad. And I was like, Mm-mm, that's not who I am, you know? So I guess this message is about like taking stock in ourselves, you know, and like who we really are. And that's not to say we can't get mad. Of course we can. We can get mad. We can get fiery. We can get fired up. But I guess it's about like honoring our emotions and letting them sit for a minute before we react, you know, because a lot of times those moments are in reaction and not, you know, action. And I just want to shout out to the owner of that detail company, Trevor. Um, he, I've known him for years, turned out. And, uh, you know what, that, that guy never made me feel like I was a nuisance. He greeted me with a smile, loaned me his personal car, like really went above and beyond. So, um, you know, that's not zero star behavior. That's for damn sure. So anyway, um, yeah, it's just like, if we want people to give us five stars, are we really living that five star life? And you don't have to all the time. But I think if you just recommit to the process, recommit to trying to be in our best self. I'm reading this book, Love Yourself Like Your Life Depends On It by Kamal Ravikant. And I hope I said that right. Kamal Ravikant. I've heard his name before. I've followed him, I think. But I don't know why I've never read this book because it's right up my alley. It's stuff that I talk about too. But one of the things that he says in it, um, I'm trying to like whip through it because I got all these new books, was about um, keeping commitments to yourself and how that boosts your self-confidence. And I really, really liked that. He says, we have no way to foresee the magic that results from our commitments. This is bigger than us. We just have to trust in it and it will happen each and every time. Here's the side effect of making, keeping commitments to yourself. Your self-confidence skyrockets. You walk through life differently. And that's the best way I can describe it. And I think I was just kind of into that idea of recommitting to myself. And, you know, these little things that happen are opportunities for us to recommit to ourselves in that instance and recommit to walk in the walk, right? Because that's why you're here. I'm pretty sure that's why you're here. That's why I'm here. So we can walk our best walk of the shit that we talk about. For sure. So they're just little opportunities to recommit to that. And I, I think that that's beautiful. And this book is really beautiful too. I really like it. It's very simple. He's about recommitting to self-love, which I've tried to 
take to heart as well and really recommit to my practices of that, which I'll be sharing on Instagram too. If we're not already connected there, then I would love to connect with you there. I'm at Real Amy Edwards. So um, speaking of recommitting, uh, we can recommit to you know our own boundaries. We can recommit to intentionally living our lives. We can recommit to habits and we can recommit to our health. And in any moment, I even had my own little process of that just today where I was like, okay, what does that really look like if I'm really going to recommit to myself, to my health, to my self-love, to all that, to my five stars. And um, I'm excited that this just flows right in with what we're talking about today about committing to our own wellness. So, um, you know, I'm turning 49 in just a few months. So really, I see myself looking at 50 very soon. And one of the things I've wanted to do is get my health in good order. I think that we do that before we hit a big milestone number. You know, we tend to be like, okay, let me take stock of everything. And I'm totally in that mindset right now, especially at freaking 50. And so like, it's confusing sometimes when you're like, how old am I? I'm an adult, I guess. And so <laughs> I suppose. And so I have met this friend, Brigham Bueller, who's on the show today. And he started this company called Ways to Well. And it's about taking the mystery out of our own health and getting us on a path to our best well version. Whatever that means, you know, it can mean, you know, hormones, it can mean mental health, it can mean all sorts of things. And he's really about looking at our blood work and finding anything that we can work on and improve and making it accessible so we don't have to do it through insurance. Because he worked with insurances for so long. And wait till you hear what he says. I defy you not to get pissed off today <laughs> in um in this conversation and listening to what Brigham shares, because it is so irritating at how our system works. And that's why we're all frustrated with it. And then we just all go, fuck it. And you just want to give up. So anyway, don't give up. There's a path and we're sharing it today and I'm totally stoked. And you can find them at ways Too well. That's the number two, W-A-Y-S-2, the number two, W-E-L-L.com or the same thing on Instagram. And he's at Ferris Bueller 81 on Instagram too, if you want to find him. Ferris Bueller A1, but his name is Brigham Bueller. And so big thanks to Brigham for being here today. I'm excited to share everything he has to say. And, you know, we bring it full circle too at the end with his own health and like his own health journey and how that went for him. And yes, I am a client of them and, uh, you know, just kind of fell into place that he was here today. It wasn't an ad or anything like that. Um, I'm just really excited to share what he's doing because I believe in it and I'm using it. And that means a lot to me like on these shows, like to share what actually speaks to me, not share things that are inauthentic in any way. And so I just want to stress that. And he's also offering, if you're in Texas, a discount code for your first visit to Ways to Well, which is not that expensive. And you get your blood work and a full panel of everything, like super comprehensive. So the code is Amy10 for that, A-M-Y-10. And so you can just go to go to Ways to Well and you can do that. So big thanks to him for doing that because I just hit him up as he was leaving. I was like, do you want to share code or anything? He was like, hell yeah. So uh, I'm excited to share this with you guys, like as we all work on transforming ourselves in so many ways and feeling good is such a key part of that. And as I look at like the second half of my life at 50, you know, I really want to, 
I really want to be able to, to model that and, you know, understand it because it can feel so daunting and so confusing. So, and expensive, and it doesn't have to be any of those things, which he lays out today. So I'm so stoked to introduce you to my friend, Brigham Bueller of Ways to Well. Let's do it. I feel like we're already friends, so I'm kind of just yeah, like... it is. We've, we've known each other long enough now. I know. And thank you for stepping in to do this. I'm glad to share like my first experience in the new studio, which I'm very excited about, um, which looks the same to everyone else except to us. Yes. Yeah. totally new. Did you see the old studio? I did. Yeah. Yeah, you did. You did. It was awesome. So this feels really good and fresh and uh, and I'm excited to do it with a friend. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> I know. Okay. Uh, is this your first podcast? It's my first podcast. It ever. is? Yeah. Oh, Brigham. So, I'm so glad to be we'll here. We'll see. First. Hopefully I don't bomb too bad. <laughs> You're not going to bomb. So. You're not going to bomb. We're going to have a conversation about everything that you do. Because one of the things that that I'm about is transforming in every way, even our physicality and our wellness. And the more we're well physically, the better we are mentally and every other way. Wouldn't you think? No, for sure. Isn't that why you do what you do? So many of these um, underlying issues, like a lot of times people see the symptomology um, and not the actual disease state. And so like depression, all the time. so many of those are misdiagnosed and it's really that there's some underlying root cause. It's not norepinephrine or dopamine necessarily. It could be hormonal imbalance. Um, and if you're only looking at one little sliver of that individual, then you're not getting the comprehensive picture. And so you kind of have to zoom out to be able to see the landscape, to be able to identify what really is happening with people. Oh, and I mean, it goes further than that too. You know, you can always say like, what did you eat today? Like there are all these factors and, um, you know, I meant it when I did my testimonial for ways to well, because, uh, I, I have had to look hard at like my own hormones and my Mm -hmm. own imbalances and things like that and things I don't even think about, you know, and that's been brought to my attention and it's been really, eye-opening as I try to like transform my own wellness yeah. to get to that point. And what have you seen in your own life? Um, I mean, my journey started, gosh, I was in my early thirties and, uh, how old are you now? You're 40. I'm 40. Okay. And, uh, I was doing CrossFit every day. I was seeing a nutritionist. You're one of those people. Yeah, exactly. People. <laughs> uh, and my dad is diabetic. My mom's diabetic. My brother's diabetic. My sister's diabetic. What? Obe- everyone in my family struggles with weight and obesity. And they're all diabetic? And they're all diabetic. And, and uh, do they just go, that's just what we're just yeah, diabetic? Yeah. yeah. And, that, and honestly, that's the direction I was headed. At 32, I was 25% body fat. I was trying to work out. I was trying to eat. I was trying to see a nutritionist. And I was on the verge of giving up. I just told myself, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I guess this, this is my just genetics. How it is. And then one day this nutritionist, great nutritionist in Houston, uh, Michael Florida, he said, hey, I, I, something's not right here. I want you to go get blood work. And it took me four months to get in with a urologist. I had to get a referral from a primary. The primary didn't want to pull my oh, blood. Oh, it's such bullshit. It's a nightmare. It's a nightmare. And at the time, I didn't know what was going on because I hadn't been in this healthcare space, which remind me to explain to you what's going on here in a minute. Okay. Yeah. When we get through my story, but let me write it down. Okay. It was, uh, I go to a urologist. I wait literally six hours that day for him to see me in his clinic. Six hours. I burned my whole day. So fucked up. It was a disaster. Mm -hmm. And they pull my blood. Two weeks later, I get a phone call and no bedside manner. The urologist, I swear to God on my life said, 
I don't know if you're fat because you have low testosterone or if you have low testosterone because you're fat. But what I do know is you're fat and you have low testosterone. Okay. And it was just devastating. And he's Ouch. like, I don't know I mean, what like- you're doing. He's like, but your testosterone is that of like a 12 year old girl. What are you doing? I had a testosterone of 110 it, at 32 years old. What's anything. So that's a topic in itself. Anything below 350 is clinically low. Shit. But even that demographic is a huge, like 40 years of the male lifespan that is averaged out. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of people believe like in our prime, we're, we're almost at a thousand or oftentimes plus over a thousand. Oh, wow. And so to be at a hundred explain so literally at like a prime time of your life when yeah. it should probably be like off the charts and i told him i remember talking to him and saying well what do i do i was like i don't i don't want to go on hormones like i'm 32 what about like fertility what about all this and thank god i didn't have any issues with fertility um if i ever did want to have kids but he was like uh if we don't treat you will be low and you will continue to be obese and you will continue to have the risk of diabetes heart attack stroke all the major killers of man or we treat and we droop, drop your body fat and we drop all the risk factors. And the worst case is you decide you want to come off and you go back to your low testosterone that you're at today. So when they tell people. <laughs> Those like, are your only options. Yeah. <laughs> and when they tell people, I mean, there's other, and now having started ways to well, there are better options. Well, they're acting guys. like those are your only yeah, options. Sorry. Correct. They're never yeah. your only options. Correct. Right. Yeah. And so now there's an array of treatment options that can boost your natural testosterone levels that can treat all that. But we treated and in eight months, I went from 25% body fat to 8%. I had a six pack. I was lean. I mean, I was eating right. I was working out, but all we changed in my life were my hormones. And I just thought to myself, man, how come nobody found this earlier? I've been dealing with this since my mid twenties. There's gotta be a better way than this. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, and so many people feel that way. Yeah. Like, how come this wasn't monitored? I know when I, um, so many women have it now. And I think that there's something about iodine, you know, that, that mm. we're not eating iodized salt or whatever, because that can affect your thyroid. But so many women like around age 40 experience this thyroid thing. And it's hypothyroid. And and I was just kind of in denial about it. And mm-hmm. I was like, why do I feel like shit? Why are my moods like whatever they were? And, um, and I it seemed like such a chore to even go get it checked, to figure it out. And like that part of it's so frustrating. Like why didn't, why didn't it get caught? Well, they, because, they, but they intentionally to yeah. make hurdles. So where I was going earlier with my That's personal journey up. is it, the insurance companies make money off of you paying a premium and never using your insurance. That's how they make money. So the system right. is built to as an obstruction. That's insurance system. in general, right? Yeah. That's it. That's all the carriers. Mm-hmm. And so they literally, they beat your doctor up. They argue with your doctor on any panel. Um, I didn't see behind the curtain until, so I, my, my background is I was a surgical rep for 13 years for a company called Stryker in the operating room from dusk till dawn with the who's who of surgery, some of the greatest and best and brightest neurosurgeons and orthopedic surgeons in the country. And I just saw what insurance was doing to their practice. Which was what? Less money for more work. And they're having to do more surgeries to make the same money that they made years before. These guys come out, if they're a good surgeon out of fellowship, they're coming out at 32 years old, a million dollars in debt and getting paid a salary that most of America would go, wow, that's a lot of money. But for that guy, he's working 18 hour days, 60 something percent divorce rate. 
Like it's a brutal that profession. Doesn't, that doesn't really sound like someone I want operating on me. I mean, yeah, just call me crazy. Well, the whole system stressed. <laughs> Shaky hands. Don't even get you. me started on primary care. So prior to that, I was a drug rep for five years. I launched Cialis in North America. Um, so I've been in healthcare since I was 21 years old. You know your shit. I, I've just seen it. I've yeah. seen how broken it is. It's so broken. It's so broken. Um, so a primary care has eight minutes on average with a patient. Eight minutes. And you say, well, gosh, that's not enough to do anything. You're right. You're damn right. It's not <laughs> enough. That's to treat coughs, colds, sneezes, flus, viruses, go over all existing medications and get you in and out the door. Mm -hmm. Do you think that doctor is going to take the time and lose money to talk to you about your hormones, mm -hmm. to talk to you about, well, maybe we shouldn't write an antidepressant. Maybe we should look at some other markers first and take a comprehensive analysis of you as an individual at the biological level and make a conscientious decision on how best to treat. Right. And the challenge with healthcare now is it's a very dictatorial system. Like it's a dictatorship. They're, they're telling you, well, I'm the guy in the white lab coat and this is what you're going to do. And at ways to well, what we're trying to do is change that paradigm. Like we want you, the patient to be part of your journey. So we sit there and we review your work. We spend 45 minutes on average with a patient. We deep dive into your biomarkers. What do they mean? Where are you deficient? Why could you be deficient? And how can we help? And it's not just medications. It's, do you need more sleep? Do you need to change your diet? Are you getting enough recovery? Uh, what are your acid levels? Like, what is, what's it like? How is everything from a total package? Where are you at? And how can we help you? And even just pointing those out to people makes a difference. Because oh, I know like in this show, I'm constantly like, yeah, your habits. Yeah, I can preach habits all day. Mm -hmm. But are you, are you fucking sleeping at night? You know, like, do you even understand what sleep brings to you, you know, and the healing that it can go on? That's why I monitor my little aura ring. And, um, and I mean, there's just, there's so many other things that, that you can even just point out mm -hmm. that, that, that. The, that our health system is not pointing out. No, absolutely. What and, happened with your family? Um, yeah. And that, so when I started- can you talk about it? Yeah, yeah, I can't. Um, <laughs> so I was a device rep and I was standing in the operating room from dusk till dawn, like I was saying, and I had been approached about- um, Which, let me just also point out that you were in the healthcare sector even, and your insurance stuff was still crappy. Yeah, yeah. That's so- It was nuts. Mind-blowing and messed yeah. up. And, uh, and it's hard and that, that's like so many people don't understand like in network, out of network, what does that mean? Um, so I'll, I'll try and jump forward my, I lost my brother to opioids, um, and he passed away unexpectedly. Yeah, no, he was 27 so years old. What was his name? Uh, Preston. Preston. And, uh, and that is sent shockwaves because I had been standing in these surgeries for years where doctors write opioids and these are abusive. It's the third biggest killer of man. It's, it's, it's one of the most deadly things we can do. And you say, well, then why, what, is, and aren't there other options? Yeah, there are. There's pain creams, there's anti-inflammatory creams, non-addictive, non-abusive medications. Well, why wouldn't the insurance cover that? I owned a pharmacy when I, when I, after my brother passed, I started a pharmacy. We, we promoted non-addictive, non-abusive pain creams for about two years. Insurance covered it. And then insurance came back and the narrative to the public was pain creams don't work. Um, Why? they're overpriced. They cost $150 a month. We can write an opioid for eight bucks and it's more efficacious. And it's like 30% of people can't even metabolize opioids. Why were a percentage they doing of them that, get no relief, but get the addiction. Um, and it's Why? because it saves them money. 
So the insurance company, if they write you an opioid and it costs you eight bucks and they're only allowed to give you three refills, right? They paid, what is that? $24 or whatever for your prescription versus if they were to write you a pain cream, it's 150 a month, even though it's not going to wreck your system. It's not addictive. It's not abusive. Um, we also then pivoted from that and, and we were doing the pain creams. We were doing toxicology testing and that's just, Hey, okay, we get it. You're going to write a pain pill. Should we at least not make sure this person's a, a drug addict? Like, should we not? The, the gold standard and the recommendation from the healthcare system is that anyone going on more than 30 days of opioids should have a toxicology screen to make sure that they're not diverting the medicine. It's a pandemic in America right now. And so we had a tox lab and same thing within a year, the insurance companies say, we're not covering toxicology. We, we don't think it's necessary. We're not going to cover it. It's not because it's what's best for you, the patient. It's because it's what's best for their pocketbook. Bottom line. And nobody wants to line. talk about that. Your doctor doesn't want to talk about that because they're scared. They're scared of these insurance companies. And because that's what why, happens to them. So when we owned the toxicology lab in a blood lab, doctors would pull blood and we'd go in and educate them on the importance of what we were just talking about, yeah. under, understanding your patient from yeah. a biological level, they would get letters from the insurance companies and the, the letters kid you not, they will get letters saying, if you continue to run up the cost of healthcare, we will consider revoking your contract. And if I'm a primary care in the state of Texas, Blue Cross Blue Shield is 40% of my income of my livelihood. And when Blue Cross sends me a letter saying, we think you shouldn't be pulling blood. We think you shouldn't be doing toxicology screens. We think you shouldn't be writing these pain creams. And if you continue to write them and run up our cost, Rather than looking for more cost-effective solutions, we will terminate your contract. And so that doctor is essentially held hostage. He he can't survive. He or she can't survive without that insurance carrier. And so the the system is broken, not because the doctors don't want to do right and not because they don't care, because they don't really have any freedoms. So even, even from a surgical standpoint, um, when I started in surgery, a lot of doctors were private practice. The, the private practice means you're a standalone doctor who's doing what you think is best for your patient. In the medical field today, there are very, very few private practices. Yeah, I can't Everybody's think been any. gobbled up. Oh, They're all employees now. They're employees of hospitals and decisions are made at big corporate levels. And so big corporate you know, Memorial Hermann meets with big corporate Blue Cross Blue Shield and big corporate Blue Cross Blue Shield says, we got to drive down costs. We'll give you better reimbursements on your surgical procedures, but we need you to tell your primary care guys not to do these tests or to delay these tests. And another example I can give you, I won't say the insurance care and I won't say the hospital system, okay. but there's a prominent system in Houston. And we also offer gene carrier testing through a simple cheek swab. You drop it in an envelope. We could tell you what genes you have that could be passed on to your offspring and or, or through blood work. Even we could tell you if your child is going to have Down syndrome or any sort of uh, catastrophic uh, illness in advance prior to you getting fat past the first trimester. Um, the gold standard with from a cheek swab. With that, that one's blood work. Oh, okay. But with a cheek swab, we can tell you how you're going to metabolize any medication on the market, what antidepressants will work, what antidepressants won't work. It's a, it's called a PDE5 inhibitor. So we can look at you and say, you have this unique PDE5 
uh, marker. It tells us how you metabolize prescription drugs, and it tells us what prescription drugs will not work on your genetic makeup. Wow. Yeah. And so a percentage of patients, 30%, will not metabolize an opioid. So they wreck their system, they get addicted, they get high, but they don't get pain relief. And so it's a huge percentage. And we could identify that through a cheek swab, but insurance doesn't want to cover it. And so I I tell you all this, not to bash the insurance. Our model is we're done. We don't take insurance. We've cut the insurance cares out. And the truth of the matter is we can drive the cost of healthcare down by not using an unnecessary middleman. And I try to explain that to my, my dad. I'm like, it's basically, you need your yard mode. There's a guy across the street who's willing to mow your yard, but your neighbor won't let you talk to him. You're willing to pay $20 to get your yard mowed. That guy's willing to mow your yard for $15. Your neighbor comes in and says, it's going to cost, he's only willing to pay you $15. And then he tells you, you got to pay him $30. And then they take the $15 gap. That's insurance. <laughs> That's what insurance is. United Healthcare made over $188 billion with a B, billion dollars. They did not make that giving a shit about patient lives. They made that by delaying your chemo treatment, by not pulling your blood work, by denying your pap smear, by telling you you don't need that annual. It is it is a racket. It's crazy. Where's all that money going? In their pockets. Who? Into, into big, like all, the big all executives? of the, yeah, all of the big, well, all of the big um, insurance companies have, you know, Wall Street investors and they've got shareholders and they've got to hit their numbers and they got to have growth numbers to keep Wall Street happy. How do you grow? You grow by covering less and charging more. That's how you grow. That's the only way the Ponzi scheme works. And so <laughs> from, scheme. from our standpoint, I looked at it, an example I can give you is like, because of the insurance, so and I'm going through a lot, but there's a lot to cover. Um, owning a pharmacy, another example I can give you is uh, it's, it is it is negotiating with terrorists. They're, they're the mob. So one of the major insurance companies- <laughs> The pharmacies are the mob. Yeah, no, owning no, the pharmacy as a pharmacy, pharmacy. So a lot of people don't know so this. Like there is a CBS. law. There is a law. I cannot legally tell you, Amy, I can sell you this prescription medicine cheaper than your copay. So if I'm CVS, which is also owned by Caremark, which is owned by Blue Cross Blue Shield, okay. I mean United Healthcare. Sorry, United Healthcare owns Caremark, which owns CVS. Okay. Okay. So I at CVS as a pharmacist would be breaking the law to tell you, Amy, it's cheaper for you to pay cash. Who made that law? It's I don't know who made it. I don't. I just know it is a law. It's the lobbying. It's I'm it's, sure they have lobbyists. Yeah. And it's, it's that they pay a fuck ton of money, and then those lobbyists get these kind of laws made. Yeah, and so many people don't realize this. So. Um, it, as a pharmacy, when I owned a pharmacy, uh, that, that build insurances, if somebody's, let's say we tried to write you a pain cream and the pain cream gets denied by the insurance, the insurance says we have to offer you the pain cream at the same price we tried to charge them. Okay. Wait. Okay. Wait. You have to. So, that one more so time. the insurance has a <laughs> okay. pre-negotiated rate on a pain cream. Let's okay. say it's $155. Okay. They reject your pain cream. They don't cover it. Okay. So then at that point, we are not allowed to offer you something of a lesser dollar. We had to charge you the 155 or step you down to what the insurance would cover. Mm. Most patients never know because they get stepped down. So your doctor writes something non-abusive, non-addictive. Insurance doesn't cover it. Plan B, okay, well, we'll prescribe them an opioid, right? And we have that on file. It's called a step down. And so we'll step down to what your insurance will cover. I was in, I was in a HEB like two days ago, um, getting some medication and, uh, 
I literally was standing there and the lady was furious because she's like, well, wait a second. The insurance covered this med like a month ago. And she was getting into it with the pharmacist. And I just stepped in. I said, hey, I can tell you because I own pharmacies. He's, he's telling you the truth. Insurance changes like the wind. We would get books every month, like a book of all the things that they're no longer covering. Not like a one pager, like a book. Why do they say they're no longer covering them? They don't have to give you a reason. They just say, hey, we're no longer covering these medications. They're no longer on plan. They're off plan. So the patient can either pay cash, but then we're not legally allowed to charge you the cash price. We have to charge you your insurance carrier's price once you've made us aware that you have an insurance carrier. So example, no, I can give you a very specific example. My dad. Uh, this makes me so angry. Yeah, it makes I me I feel angry. like rage inside me. My dad is in his 60s and he takes Viagra and he's, uh, he'll be mad I'm sharing this. But he, uh, <laughs> Sorry. He, he literally tells me, yeah, it's $25 copay and I only get two pills a month. That's all the insurance will cover. And I'm like, dad. I own a 503B pharmacy. We can 503A pharmacy. We can make you those meds for like less than $2 mailed to your doorstep. For $25, I can get you literally 12 pills a month for less than the price of your copay or deductible. And it's like, this is, it's insanity. It's it's a system built to fail and it is failing and people don't yeah. realize that they're getting inadequate care. Well, I got so stressed. And it's not their doctor. I got fault. so stressed out. I had, I can't remember what I had wrong with me. And I needed like a MRI or something like that. Oh, I think it was for like possible breast cancer or something like that. I needed an MRI and, and I had the worst time getting it approved from my insurance. And finally I was like, I'm just going to give up and just book it and pay it myself. Mm -hmm. And so I did, I just booked it and it cost me like $200. Like it was, it was yeah. not expensive. No, no. And I was like, Oh, I thought it was going to be out thousands of dollars because they make you think everything so, costs and, and another example I can give you is like, let's say I own a lab, okay? Because I did. And yeah, okay. we bill you for a pharmacogenetic <laughs> test. We bill the insurance. Okay, if you're in network, it's you go to the insurance and you say, hey, I really want to be on contract. I would like to negotiate a deal. The big insurances are like, no, we're not taking new labs. You're not allowed to be on a contract. Okay, so now I have, as an entrepreneur, I either have to shut my doors, close down and lose millions of dollars, or... I have to bill you out of network and we can only bill patients who have out of network benefits. And then we hope the insurance covers the out of network benefits that you, the patient had already paid a premium for and negotiated for, or your employer has negotiated for. So it, they say, Hey, you have to go to these doctors if you're in network only, but the better plans include out of network benefits where maybe you go to an orthopedic surgeon who's the best in town, but mm -hmm. isn't on the blue cross contract. And Really good insurance plans will have out-of-network benefits is what they used to call them. Most of those have dried up because they pushed all these guys to being in-network employees of hospital systems. But even for us as a lab, we would get a bill. And on average, as an out-of-network lab, the insurance companies pay us 33% of bill charges. And the reason that's important is if I was going to do the genetic test and it was, let's just say for the number's sake, it was going to be $350 and you would have given me a $350 in-network rate, then I could have billed you $350 and in 30 days you would have paid me $350 and I would have sunk my $250 in cost and I'd have made $100 in profit. Everyone wins. But because you are bullying us out of business, I have to bill you out of network. And if I bill you, you pay me 33% of what I bill you. I can't bill you $350 because you're going to pay me $100. And now I lost $150 treating your patient. So I have to bill you three times. I now am billing you $900 in hopes of getting paid $333. 
on average. And if they short pay me, I am required by law to go after you, the patient. I have to come after you for the difference. And that's how the insurance has put all these little pharmacies, labs, all of them out of business. Um, and so that the only way to fix it that I saw would and provide patients with the care that they deserve was to cut out the big bad insurance companies. You've got honestly, to and, and build that relationship yeah. between the provider and the and you, the patient. Hey, before we get back to the show, I just want to remind you of my special announcement that on Saturday, June 5th at 3 p.m., I'll be hosting a live show alongside Jeff Ward at Good Life's brand new store in the Domain Northside. So you can come hang out, you can meet us, you can get a discount and listen to the show and check out all of Good Life's awesome products. So, I mean, honestly, aren't we all just dressing more casual these days? (laughs) I know I am. And just because you're not dressing up doesn't mean you shouldn't dress well. Good Life is American made from the finest, super quality materials. And their core collection of premium essentials keeps you looking good and feeling great. And yes, I have been wearing their stuff and I can attest that it is phenomenal and it feels so good. So Good Life just opened a new store, as I said, in the domain north side and we are going to be there. You can stop by though the new Austin location anytime you want and get 20% off in store when you mention my code Amy20 AMY20. The code is also valid on your entire order at goodlifeclothing.com. Elevate your game with Good Life. Okay, A, that is so confusing. Yeah. Like so like yeah. I had moments when you were talking I'm have where to I was draw, like draw a chart. Everybody's got yeah, yeah, Same. right. People have to rewind that and re-listen to it because I think I'm gonna have to because it's really confusing. Well, so do we even have an option? We don't even have an option of going without insurance. What happens to people who don't have insurance? Um, they end up at county hospitals where they end up in, you know, lesser situations. There's options where you could have catastrophic insurance in the event of something major, like a surgery. Um, I think eventually that's the direction this will head. Um, there's a breaking point and we're, we've got to be getting close because doctors are working harder and harder to make less and less and insurance companies are making more and more to cover less and less. And the person who loses is the patients. The the people who are losing are the, are the people in need, the patients in need. Um, our, our solution is we cut them all out. So we're trying to be essentially the the, uh, Amazon of healthcare. The goal is Mm -hmm. to bring boutique medicine to the masses. So we've worked with a lot of really high end athletes and, um, you know, big name people, but the goal would be to provide boutique medicine to the average Joe. And the only way to do that was for us to build our own manufacturing pharmacy. So we manufacture every medication, uh, in-house, um, we're a 503A sterile pharmacy. We can make any medication on the market, including injectables and sterols. Um, we have the telemedicine platform ways to well, and everything is mailed to your doorstep, concierge care, 24 seven access to providers. And the goal is to go more and more digital to build out this app and allow patients to text via the app, to have access to any question and they'll get an instant response. Um, just let you, the patient. Yeah. 
be part of the journey. And we've all gotten kind of used to that now. I mean, just with the pandemic, yeah, it was like, oh, this could be a thing. I don't have to leave my house, you know? And um, I know I got used to that in a lot of ways. I was just like looking at a movie that's coming out this weekend and they were like in theaters only. And I was like, in theaters only, like, (laughs) let me stream it for $20 if I want to, you know, like we get used to what we've got and then we don't want to let it go. And so I think you've probably got that on your side that we're all like, Oh, we've definitely caught some trade winds with that and, and ways to wells grown astronomically, um, during COVID. Uh, but I think part of that is people are more conscientious about their health and their wellness. And they realize that preventative is the way. And our message at ways to wells, we don't treat diseases. We stop them. Yeah. We prevent them. Well, that's the, the goal idea, is to catch right? things early. And catch so a, again, like back to like diabetes in my family, that's a, that's a hot spot button for me. And you say and somebody, so many people. Yes. That's and a it's, one. it's a pandemic here in America too. I think yeah. it's like 30 million Americans are diabetic, some crazy that's number. Like 10%. Um, and it's, it literally is, uh, you look at it and you say, okay, it costs eight times more to keep a diabetic person alive than it does a non-diabetic. And so why would an insurance company say that again? It it costs eightfold. It's an eightfold increase yearly in your healthcare costs. If you move from pre-diabetes to diabetes or from no diabetes to diabetes. Wow. And so you'd say, wow, you would think the insurance companies would not want someone to to be diabetic, Uh, to become diabetic. Let's prevent that. So why would they not prevent it? And, And insurance is for the most part, do not cover what's called preventative care. So any of the anti-aging growth hormones or mm-hmm. uh, any of the peptides, any testosterone therapy, HRT, anything that's a lifestyle uh, treatment in their mind, they don't cover. Even though they know that if they stopped you from becoming diabetic, they could save eight times the money. So why would they not do it? The answer is the average person switches jobs every three years. Every three years you switch jobs. And when you switch jobs, the average American switches insurance because their insurance is provided by the company they work for. And so if I'm an exec at Blue Cross- Which is a whole nother fucked up thing. (laughs) (laughs) If I'm an executive at Blue Cross Blue Shield, I look at it and I go, well, huh? Yeah, I could, I could stop them from being diabetic, but in two years I've spent all this money on them and then they become United Healthcare's problem. You know, so they just kick the can down the road. And that's why insurances don't, don't care about But they're getting another can kicked their way. Yeah. Yeah. Aren't they? It's very short-sighted, but, <laughs> but Wall Street's about what are the numbers today? What are the profits this quarter? What are the profits this year? Right? We'll worry about tomorrow, tomorrow. Don't borrow. I, I remember at Stryker, they would hit I've never huge sales. Stryker's, uh, yeah. it's one of the fastest growing companies uh, in America's had double digit growth for like 30 straight years or something, selling wow. surgical equipment in the operating room. And the message would always be, what are we going to generate this quarter? It was very short-sighted. You say, well, man, if I sell every hospital new equipment this year, there's not going to be any hospitals to sell equipment to next year. And they always say, don't borrow trouble from tomorrow. Like worry about today, today. We've got to produce for Wall Street today. And, and so, so that's, that's just the model. That's, that's, the, that's the world we live in. Instant. Yeah. So what would you do? Come up with new equipment? Um, I, I totally, yeah, that's a whole nother long diatribe, <laughs> oh, okay. but I, I pivoted and I said, Hey, it makes no sense to sell hospitals millions of dollars in equipment and know that they're not going to buy it again for five years. So rather than do that, why don't I sell them a service? And so I created a model where I provided onsite personnel and the equipment per procedure. And the, the message to the hospital was don't go buy a million dollars in equipment. I will give you the million dollars in equipment. You're going to pay me per procedure for the procedures you do. If you don't use it, you don't pay. 
And so for me, I built it rather than being feast or famine, I built it into every single, it was a click. It was a commodity. Mm -hmm. So they're doing a hundred surgeries a day. I can make a dollar amount per procedure, knowing that the hospital systems are going to grow every year. I would grow 20, 30% because there were 20 to 30% more surgeries happening. And so I just Smart. built it into a, a per click Smart. Uh, and it saved the hospitals money because they didn't have to come out of pocket for these big, huge capital expenses. What's this? Is this the solution? Ways to well? Like, I, what I, is I think the, it is. I really do. I really think what's gonna ways happen? to well and companies like ways to well are going to drive down the cost of healthcare. Good. They're going to take out the unnecessary middleman. I think we're all fed up. Yeah. Aren't we? Oh, I every mean, like, patient we talk to is so frustrated. Uh, we've treated over 2000 patients now and we're a small startup. Um, I think we'll be at over 5,000 within the next 18 months. Mm -hmm. Um, and we have a 90 something percent retention rate. We, people stay with us because they're like, oh my God, I didn't realize that my doctor would talk to me. Oh my God. I didn't know that I could ask all these questions and have a dialogue and spend time truly understanding. And, and as we build this thing out, we're building out media libraries and video tutorials, and you can go as deep as a patient as you want. Like if you want to be ultra informed, it's right there at your fingertips. If you just want to be a passenger and let the professionals, you know, guide you and handle everything. That's an option too. Um, yeah, because sometimes it, it's got to be. It's got to be affordable. Yeah, it's got to be convenient, and it's got to be unintimidating. And that's the problem with healthcare today. It's not affordable. It's not convenient, and it's extremely intimidating. It's it. A patient goes in worried to ask a question because. They don't want to be, you know, doctors hate it when you come in and you've Googled your symptoms. <laughs> There's nothing that pisses them off more because they don't have the time to talk to you about it. They have eight minutes. They got to get you out of there. Right. And so with us, it's like, hey, let's have a dialogue. That's a good question. Let's dive into that. Let's look at that. Let's explore that. And let's tell you where you're right or wrong on that. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying Google's a great way to diagnose yourself. Let's give that disclaimer. <laughs> no, it's but it, it's a resource and it, it is a way to understand a little bit more about what's going on. Yeah. I feel like I kicked my own can down the road. Like my daughter the other day, slice her finger open Sunday. And it was, of course, Sunday nights. So we have, we have a, like, I have no option except to go to the ER. And so we went to the heart hospital ER. They were great and all that. She has insurance through her dad's. Uh, employer. And, um, you know, I'm like, how much is this going to cost? Like what's going on? You know, like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I, I don't, I don't really have any information and we just go in and I left that day and I didn't know any money, but I was like, surely it's going to come back to yeah. me at some yeah. point. You know, she got two stitches in a lot of time. Usually you'll get a bill in the mail at a later date. And I'll, I'll yeah. give you a little insight on that. You will get, uh, a lot of people think it's a bill and they will call you and try and get you to pay it, but it is an explanation of benefits, an EOB. And if you read the fine that. print, it says, this is not a bill. The reason is it's an out of network and you have an out of network benefit and the insurance should have covered it, but they didn't. And so you as the patient are not necessarily on the hook for that bill. The the medical entity is required to send three bills by law, but they're not required to collect. And so in some in some areas, like your doctor, for instance, he may not ever come after you for that bill. It's just that the insurance short paid it. They didn't honor their arrangement. And that's why you're on the hook for it because the insurance came back and said, yeah, we're not going to cover that. Yeah, oh yeah, our plan changed. That's not covered anymore. Those and that, that's all that is. Yeah. Why is that fair? That's it's not insanity. fair. 
There's nothing else that they can do that in. There's not a single thing out there that they can do that in. And this is something so And it's so a system important. that you can't beat. Mm-mm. So like another example is like as, a, as an entrepreneur owning a pharmacy, we got a letter from one of the major carriers. I won't say who it is. And they say, we don't think you collected your co-pays or deductibles on these prescription medicines. And because you didn't collect them, you didn't honor your contract with us. And because you didn't honor your contract, we're not going to pay you the million dollars we owe you. It's like 1.2 or something like that our cost on the drug was almost half a million dollars for the month. It was a lot of money. And they say, we don't think you collect them. We said, we have all the email records, all the evidence. Here's our computer system. How soon can you get an auditor out? We successfully collected 92% of your patient's copays, meaning Amy got a prescription. Your copay was $5. I have to get that $5 from you mm-hmm. or I risk losing my contract with Blue Cross. Okay. And you're why? like, here's proof. Why does, Here but, you yeah. Go. And a lot of these meds are $25 or $50 copays. Mm-hmm. Well, why does your copay go up? It goes up because they don't want you to go fill that medicine. And if they make it cost effective or cost prohibitive to you and you've got five medicines that cost you $25, you're like, oh, I don't want to fill these meds and pay, you know, $200 out of my pocket. And so anyways, that's why a lot of places struggle to collect copays or patients don't fill their meds. Um, we did, we collected 92% of copays. We turned in all the records. The insurance carrier at the time said, we are backlogged three months. It'll be three months before we can get to you and even explore this. Well, that would have equated $3 million in drugs, 1.5 million in cost. I can't. So they were going to do it for that month. And then just moving forward, they, they were going to wait. It was going to be three months before they could even come audit it to see the evidence that we had collected that puts you out of business. You're done. And you're like, well, how can they do that? And it's like, that's, they can do whatever they want. They have a great lobby. They're big powerhouses. Um, they're very connected politically. Um, and they're some of the richest corporations in America. We've just created a system where they can do that. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's crazy. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm so glad well, we're trying to by cutting them out. Like it, it, the system only works if people play their game. And if we could cut these guys out and let patients go directly to providers um, and let patients make the choice on what makes sense for them, yeah. that's the better way to do it. The provider wins, the patient wins. And the only person that loses is Wall Street and big and, and, and big insurance. So, yeah, because it just dawned on me that I'm paying a bunch for because I have I have crappy insurance because I have private insurance because, uh, so I have to pay a lot because I don't have it through a job because yeah. I don't have a normal job. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> which I haven't for years and it's really irritating. And so I'm totally confused on my health insurance right now anyway. But anyway, I'm paying a bunch for my Synthroid, mm-hmm. but I could just get it through ways to well, right? Yeah. Yeah. We make, we make Synthroid. We make most of the major medications in, huh. in our focus at ways to well today are, are mainly preventative anti-aging regenerative care, the gaps. We're, we're covering the gaps of insurance. Anything that insurance has put on the naughty list that they no longer reimburse for, non-addictive, non-abusive pain creams. We work with a lot of big orthopedic surgeons who write that post-op instead of an opioid. Good. Um, and we do it for, for cheap <clears throat> because, again, we're not having to play that whole racket. Um, and so we can get a medication mailed to a patient's doorstep uh, like a, a pain cream's 50 bucks mailed to their doorstep, you know, versus taking an opioid that could wreck their system and become addicted to. Yeah. Um, and it's it a might no not brainer. even work. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> 30% of people is not so, even working. Uh, and then any of the preventative stuff, like the insurances typically don't cover testosterone therapy. Uh, most insurances don't cover um, women's hormone therapy now. Um, a lot of those items 
are no longer covered. And so at Wastewell, we try to provide all those products for pennies on the dollar, typically less than your copay or deductible, mailed to your doorstep. So. Hell yeah. Yeah. That's what I said. Hell yeah. So. So then we're in turn healthier. Then we need less surgeries. Then the healthcare system and insurance and all that isn't seeing as much money because everybody's healthier. Correct. That's the idea. That's the goal. And then it breaks. It stops. Then it breaks. If people aren't diabetic, there's not that (laughs) eightfold increase. If people don't have high cholesterol, even even all these statistics with COVID are showing how dangerous, like a lot of the uh, obese nations are the ones that are struggling the most with COVID. Um, And it's because obesity is one of the highest risk factor comorbidities to end up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's not an attack on the obese people. The system has been built to fail them. It's not really their fault. If, if, if I was obese, if nobody's, if nobody's looking at our blood and nobody's analyzing our blood because they're being bullied from these insurance companies and our primary care has eight minutes, what are they missing? How much are they missing? And then I'm just as a patient standing there with my arms, I'm going, this is just how it is. I guess I'm just meant to be obese. It's just bad genetics. And it's like, not only that, then your mental state stuff suffers. And, you know, and maybe you can't work and then, you know, then they're not swabbing the inside of you and maybe you're getting an antidepressant that doesn't even work. Yep. You got it. You get it. I sort of, I'm trying. I mean, it's a very complicated uh, issue and it's so multifaceted. It's hard to um, say that there's one silver bullet and I don't think there is, but I do think ways to well is a solution is a short-term solution to a long-term problem. For sure. And I think for But you patients, can change that long-term problem. Correct. The hope is to prevent that long-term problem. What's been like your biggest challenge with this? Getting patients to understand why we don't take insurance. That's one of the biggest things. And it's trying, confusing because you're so used to it. Yeah. Like, you're like, wait, you're in healthcare, but I don't give you my insurance. Even the panel we order because the way the system's set up, you know, the panel we're ordering is very comprehensive. Your primary care would never order that because the bill to the insurance would be thousands of dollars. Really? For just um, that blood for work? For just that, that I had blood done. work. Yeah. It was like four and, vials or something. I feel like it was a lot of blood. And we do, we, we've negotiated those prices down through a cash pay solution where it's a couple hundred bucks. You know, uh, our, our cheapest blood panel, I think is $59. Uh, our most expensive comprehensive with a consult with the provider, I think it's like $400. Don't hold me to these prices. I don't, I'm so, not on the price. Side, that's amazing. It's, it, and it's not something you have to do every month. This is Mm-mm. something that you do periodically, depending on what treatments and depending on where your blood falls, um, where you have deficiencies, um, but it allows us to truly analyze you. And the goal is to, again, like I said, bring boutique care to the masses. Um, and some of these, I, I, because of HIPAA, I can't give patient names, but some of these like very prominent people here in Austin that we've worked with that are big, big time guys yes. have said, hey, I've worked with the who's who. I've worked with the biggest names in preventative, regenerative care. And what you guys are doing blows it out of the water and mm-hmm. you're doing it for one fifth of the price. Um, and, and we are, we, we can truly, we can provide a great product for pennies on the dollar and still make a profit. It, it's just called being ethical, not price gouging people. <laughs> it's not that hard. And plus it's a free system. So you can do it. Thank God. 
Yeah. Thank and once, God, there's once no the insurance that. is out of it, once the insurance is out of it, we can pull a full blood panel because we don't have to argue with them. We can treat your testosterone deficiency because mm-hmm. we don't have to argue with them. We can stop you from becoming you diabetic because we don't have to argue with them. Right. Yeah. You cut out the neighbor and you go straight to the, to the, <clears throat> to long the guy. Yeah. Yes. So, man, I'm glad. I'm glad. And I'm glad you've explained some of this before to me, but I need it like reiterated because it's so big and so important. And yet we, it's confusing, highly confusing. And I think we have a tendency to discount it. Like, am I alone? Or do you hear that from a lot of people where you just sort of, I feel like I just kind of like, Go, I'll figure it out later. You know, like it falls with taxes or something like I just want to kind of. (laughs) It's an overwhelming thing. And and so many patients go, well, hold on. I I pay all this money every month and my company pays all this money for my insurance. Shouldn't insurance cover it? And it's like, hey, they should. I didn't write the insurance (laughs) policies. You know, (laughs) I I did. Unfortunately, most of these medications they don't treat. And that's what spurred Revive, our pharmacy in the first place when we started manufacturing drugs was we couldn't buy them. So once we cut out insurance, we were like, oh, we can't purchase the drugs at a price point that is makes it makes sense for patients if we buy it from big pharma. We have to literally buy the ingredients, manufacture the medications, cut out all the supply chain middlemen, all the drug reps, all of that to drive that cost down so we can pass that on to you, the patient. And so that's what we did. And that's the only way it works once the insurance is out of it. Once the insurance is out of it, big pharma is is it's a challenge for them because they have such high profit margin expectations yeah. and the margins on every product for big pharma is sky high. Is there a difference between um, the, like you said, you can get your dad Viagra, but obviously it's not like name brand Pfizer Viagra. Correct. You can't, you can't call it Viagra. It's Sildenafil, which is mm-hmm. the exact same ingredients that are in a Viagra tablet. Um, and we literally source the ingredients from the exact same wholesalers that Viagra buys its ingredients from. Really? That, that Pfizer, Pfizer buys its ingredients from. Really? And so it's not Viagra. It's Sildenafil or Tadalafil or yes, you know. I mean, and it's the, the generic. Same. The, right? the, the names, the the uh, the known names are like Cialis and Viagra, but yeah, those are the brand names. But the generics, um, the generic name or the the molecules name is Sildenafil and Tadalafil. Yeah, and so we don't we don't do Viagra, we don't do Cialis, but we do do the molecules. Right, and they're the same. Same thing. They're the same. My sister's husband worked for Pfizer for like a really really long time, so um, I used to fly on the wall. See, um, this is. I was actually going to talk about the fact that she she used to think she needed the name brand when she thought it was better or something. Mm-hmm. And I was like, why? Why is it better? What difference does it make? But I also was like a fly on the wall to see how much money that company had. And it used to kind of piss me off mm-hmm. because like when they would go on trips and, you know, they treated their employees like I know it's ended now. It's not the yeah. same anymore, but. My God, I, I was, was a drug, just... I was a drug rep right out of college and I was 21 years old and they hired me and, uh, I had a $25,000 a month expense account, 25 grand. I hadn't, <laughs> I want a $25,000 no, no restrictions. Month expense this, account. Now again, this is the heyday. This is 20 years ago, <clears throat> yeah. 20 plus years ago at this point. Yeah. No, 20 I, years I'm ago. I'm thinking yeah, of like late nineties. It was mayhem. Know, it was yeah. mayhem. I, mm-hmm. I remember one night it was like a $13,000 dinner at a steakhouse. What? Yeah, they ordered all this crazy wine oh, and it yeah. was like 20 doctors Damn. and it was insanity. Um, <laughs> and that, but there, I remember in economics 101, it's like there is no such thing as a free lunch. Somebody's paying for that. And who's paying for that is you. 
is the patient. The patient's pain. That's right. And and that's dried up because like we've said, the money and the profits are being squeezed out of this to the point where big pharma is not doing these extravagant dinners anymore. They're not taking doctors out. But the challenge with that is, candidly, that's how a lot of doctors got educated, right? If a new product launches and I need to get in with his practice and the only way to get in with his practice is to buy everyone lunch. So he'll take the 10 minutes it's going to take for me to educate him on this new cutting edge product that can help his patients. And now that door is slammed shut, right? I I don't know because I've been out of big pharma for so long. I don't know how the doctors are getting up to snuff on on the new treatment options. Because even as a surgical rep, um, people would say, what do you mean you were in surgery all day? Don't doctors know how to do surgery? Absolutely. They know how to do surgery. You're about to say, absolutely not. They know how to do this. I had to guide them. (laughs) They know how to do the surgery, but they don't know the equipment. So there's a new product, like let's say a robotic arm launches. You've got to go in and show them in the surgery how to use that arm, teach them on the technology and get them up to speed. And that's how innovation works. But when, when doctors are now employees and they may find a cutting edge piece of equipment and they say, this could change the landscape of surgery. We need this. Well, you're not private practice anymore. It's not your checkbook. You've got to go to dad. And so they go to dad or mom, Mm -hmm. which is the hospital system. And they go, Hey, we really need this robotic arm. This is really cutting edge stuff. The hospital system puts pressure on you, the rep, not to come in there with that robotic arm because they don't want to buy it. They don't want to spend the money because they don't get the reimbursements that they used to get and the profits have gone down. So it's, it's, it's to a point where it starts to stifle innovation. And you're going to see that you're going to see hospitals don't want to spend the money on these amazing products to their credit because they're not getting paid what they used to get paid because the insurance company is trying to make more profits and it all rolls downhill. And it's just a question of how long before it comes to a head. And I don't know, I don't know how far away we are. I don't think we're that far away. (laughs) I don't either. I don't either. I I mean, I don't, uh, I feel like everybody's getting fed up and then you hear something like this and it's like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Why can't I just buy it? Yeah. I mean, I've wondered that. Like, why can't we just, like, even if you go to a hospital or something, you want to go, well, but how much does this cost? Yeah. And you can't get an answer. Like, you can't. So, like, even with hospitals, tell me how much it costs. they would do an ACE. So, an ACL gets billed out at, like, I don't know, I think $75,000, $80,000 to the insurance. Wow. But it's because the insurance takes them six, sometimes three to six months to pay them. And the hospital has to carry that cost. And it's a it's a back and forth. And then they, they negotiate it down. And then the, the insurance ends up paying them a fraction of what they had paid. In reality, that is if such there wasn't insurance. So, you, they're hiring people to do this. Yeah. You could literally come in and say, I've got $20,000 cash. I need to get an ACL done. And you could get an ACL done for 20 grand cash because the hospital system's going to say, we already are paying the overhead. We already have the staff in a way, the way it needs to go, in my opinion, is, is ways to well for everything. So like ways to well right now, we do preventative care, regenerative care and stop disease states. But with the software and the, and the platform I want to launch, my vision on it is what about surgery? What about all these other what things? About what about it? your OB appointment? What if you could log on like Uber and have the option? Here's the rating. 
Here's the doctor's rating. This doctor will see you today for 25 bucks. This doctor will see you today for $5, but he's got a two-star rating. You, the patient, make that decision. And we rate the <laughs> I think doctors. I'm going to go with the $25. And, and we, do the, we do the open market. And we let the market dictate what something's worth. But most people can't afford $20,000 for their ACL. No. So what do they do? The catastrophic care would be the way that if you didn't have a, a, an insurance plan. And, and it'll be interesting. I mean, there's going to have to be some sort of reform. Everyone knows this. I'm not saying anything that anybody. No, you're know. not. No, Healthcare you're not. is going There's to have be. to be reformed, um, and I don't know what that is. I, I, insurance companies are unregulated and very. It's the wild west. They 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 can essentially it's the mob, and you you can't negotiate with them. You've got to do what they ask, or you're out. And hospitals are at their will. Um, doctors are at their will, um, and that's why at Wastewell we said we're not going to be part of it. We're just going to take ourselves out. The government's at their will. Yeah. The government's at their will. I, I think, mm-hmm. personally, I think a big solution to a lot of things is outlawing lobbying because I just fucking hate lobbying. Yeah. I mean, like, I get that there's some good ones out there, but overall, it's used for bad. Yeah. It's used for evil. So, whatever. I don't really believe in evil, but yes, it's, yeah. it's out there. And, oh, I was about to ask you something else. Shit, I forgot. Um, uh, damn it. <sighs> anyway, <laughs> what were we just talking about right before that? Um the system falling apart. Yeah, the like system that, falling that apart. And necessity. Do you think that um, here to do you think healthcare is a right? Um, I do. I think everyone everyone deserves the right to feel healthy and be healthy and live their best life. And there's ways to do it. It it's more it costs more to be sick than it does to keep you healthy. So why don't that's we just the whole point keep of what you're doing, you right? healthy? Yes, yes. That's the point of Ways to Well. Ways to Well's goal is to help people stay healthy, not transition to these disease states. Because keep it costs more longer. to be sick. Yes. It costs it's more insanity. in every way. It's not just financially. And the, and the testimonials, I mean, you were there, you did a testimonial for I us. Did. I appreciate Thank you for having me. Thank you so I much. I believe in it. I believe in it. I mean, I did my first blood work in December before I even started this show or anything. And, um, I'm, I'm excited. This pisses me off so bad when I talk to you about it. So like, I'm glad to f- feature this and share it with people so they can get thinking about it and know what's really going on. And then I'll do my next blood work, like in the next week. So I'm excited yeah. to see what's changed. If anything's changed and fucking change my Synthroid. Yeah. 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 We can definitely help you. Yeah. For sure. And uh I think one of the one of the ways to help people is to make it fun. Um, I don't know if you've ever <laughs> heard of like MyZone, the heart rate monitor, Whoop, all these oh, yeah. all these softwares allow you to tie in with your friends and make it a competition. CrossFit succeeded because it was a competition and it was an accountability, right? If I if I know my buddy's gonna be at the CrossFit gym that day and gain points or score, like, you know, hit, hit a PR. I don't want to miss out. I feel like I'm falling behind Yeah, and I want to bring that to healthcare. So like one of our ideas with the software platform we're launching, it's not just 24 seven access. It's not just the media library. It's not just all the educational content. It's a point system that tracks your blood work and all your analytics. So you can open that up to your friends and compete and compete in a point-based system where the winner gets a discount on their blood work that month or whatever it may be. So it's not like the healthiest overall. It's on a, the on best a big improvement. scale. It's the best improvement. Yeah, it's Correct. the healthiest you, you can be. There's a bell curve. And that's what that's what's amazing <clears throat> about the MyZone, the heart rate monitor that they use over at Onnit and mm-hmm. Tim Kennedy. A lot of these folks use these uh, high-end athletes use it. And it will literally 
adjust with as you get in better condition. So if I go do a workout, I get less, I get more points than a Tim Kennedy who's like a professional right. athlete <laughs> because he's putting forth less effort to achieve way more than I can achieve at max mm-hmm. effort. And so it, it gives a bell curve that makes it a fair competition where it's fun where it's not a lost cause, where if you're that uh, obese patient who's got 40 pounds to lose, you don't look at it and go, I can't compete against them. And it gives you a chance to to be in the game. And it's about being better, not about being perfect. If we can help people get a little bit better every day, the results will come. They're going to get there. It's about keeping people positive, keeping them engaged, keeping them motivated and giving them hope because there is hope. Well, that mental aspect is a big part of it because when you think about health and stuff, you can easily lose hope and you can easily become discouraged. And that's ambitious too. I'm I'm impressed with this point system and stuff. Yeah. I'm excited to see that because that sounds hard, yeah. real, yeah, yeah. real hard to create. But um, I mean, you've already come this far and figured all this out. No, we're, we're really close to uh, some, some really, really cool stuff. Um, so I try to explain to people when they're like, well, what is ways to well? Well, what is, yeah. I don't what is your, what is your answer? What is your elevator uh, pitch? It's very difficult to explain. I, I tell them, <laughs> I tell them we're, we're not a, we're not a medical practice. We're a digital healthcare platform. And the goal is to, to give you access to providers 24 seven. That's the long-term goal. Give you access 24 seven, instant knowledge at your fingertips, um, video tutorials, educational material on any product that ships from our pharmacy. You take a picture of the barcode, it loads it on the app and you can watch a video on why did your doctor prescribe this? Um, and then we use your comprehensive blood work to teach you the patient where you're deficient, why you're deficient, and truly look at you for the root causes, not the symptomology. Because people just know, well, I'm just tired all the time. I guess it's just because I'm in my, my, I'm like, I'm 40 and I hear all the time my friends who um, prior to ways to well, they're like, I'm just tired and it's because I'm getting older. And my doctor said, well, you're going to get more tired and your sex drive is going to go down and your energy level is going to diminish. That doesn't have to be the case. Mm-hmm. That's just not true. Like you can still have that energy and that vibrance and that, that desire to, um, achieve and conquer and all those things. And it's, there's something causing that. And is it mental? Is it hormonal? Is it all of it? We don't know. But if we look at you at a biological level, we have a lot better idea and we can start breaking that down into executable steps to get you back to where you were in your prime. It's such a trip that you can just take some blood and, uh, you know find out all this shit. It's fascinating. Man, I followed that <laughs> uh, that Theranos story like yeah. crazy. Yeah. I was addicted to all. Did you listen to oh, all yeah, of Oh yeah, yeah. Very familiar. <laughs> so a lot of people ask us that. They say, "Okay, so Ways to Well, it's all from my home. It's an app. I don't have to go anywhere. And then the medicines are mailed to my house. Why do I have to go somewhere to get my blood work drawn?" And the truth is, we dug deep into that and and into low volume blood because if low volume blood truly worked, which there's not a company yet today that can show that it's as uh, comprehensive mm-hmm. and as reliable as a, as a volume blood, as pulling a tube of blood. And so to get the true results, we had to pull blood. And so that's why we have to send people to Quest. But the hope is, as this evolves, 
we can transition to low volume blood where we could mail you a packet to your house. You prick your finger. We get the results back in a day. We do your consult or you log onto the software that would and be you amazing. have your report color coded with your prescription plan. Should you choose to activate it? And then you choose, do I need to talk to the provider? If so, yeah, we've got, we've got 45 minutes set aside for you. If not, Damn. you don't have to you 45 get, you minutes. Get a reduction. I did talk to her for a long time yeah. <laughs> and it was a woman too, which I really liked. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, bring them. That's so good. It's been awesome. How do you feel? I feel great. Putting this out in the world though. How do you feel? I, honestly, when I hear the feedback, um, I will tell you there was, uh, and, and I'm, there's a patient that we had that came to me and he, he's going through a lot right now. And one of the things that he said that made me feel so good is he said, even though I'm going through all this stress, even though I'm going through all this chaos, I was staring out the window and I thought to myself, at least I feel good again. At least I have my health again. And that was like, that's it. That's the message. Yeah. Or, or the Tim Kennedys of the world saying, like, you healed me. You helped me. The Justin Wrens. Yeah. Like, this has been a life changer. You gave me hope. Like, that's what it's about. It's about giving people hope because there is hope. There's yeah. answers. There's answers to your questions. It's just, are people asking the question? Are people looking for the answers? And can we even get to anybody that can give us the answer? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because like, I never would have guessed that I had a healthy liver, but I do. And I know it because of ways to well. That's great. I, I didn't know those things just regenerated the yeah. way they do. Thank God for that. Uh, well, this uh, has been very enlightening and I feel like I have to listen again, but I, I get, you know, the general gist of it and how broken this system is and what you're doing to change that. And I'm so grateful that you shared that. Is there anything else that you want to share before we go? Anything you want to reiterate? No, just uh, really just first off, thank you for all your time. I appreciate you having me on. Oh my God. I love and you so much. I'm I'm thrilled to share what you're doing. If, if there's anybody out there who uh, feels like they're just not recovering the way they used to, they're not sleeping the way they used to, they just don't feel quite themselves. Um, Whatever it may be, we're here to help and we're here to be a resource. And uh, it's as simple as logging on to www.waystowell.com and uh, you can sign up that way or you can call us. Um, everything's digital. It's from the comfort of your own home. And we'll take the time to find out what's going on and to help you. Yeah, to help you. You care, right? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, because, yeah. you know, these other insurance companies, they got sucked into not caring about humans. Well, it's humanity. too detached. It's they, too They're not detached. part of the journey anymore. They're so detached. And they're in a, you know, an ivory tower looking at bills and saying, oh, I don't want to cover Amy's bill on this. Yeah, we're in a, if we delay it 30 days, it'll increase our profit margins. And then, you know, it's just this, it's this shell game that's not sustainable. So. I think we're here to help. I know we're here to help. I know we can help people feel the best they've ever felt. Um, and a lot of it's just taking that first step. Which is? Which is? Calling you? Yeah. Going, calling, on. signing up. But you're and, in Texas. And exploring your blood work. What's, tell me what states you're in too right so now. So Ways to Well is in Texas only today. Um, my pharmacy's in 43 states. Okay. Um, anyone with a Texas address, we can treat. Um, the pharmacy oh. can mail to 43 states, but for a provider to treat you, you either have to be temporarily in Texas or have a Texas address. How come it's in Texas only? Um, I know you've told me this. To before. scale ways to well nationwide uh, would require different state laws vary, and it's telemedicine. 
Um, in a lot of the states, we'd have to go out and hire if there's like 50 providers, you know, so there's mm-hmm. uh, to get in all 50 states, we'd have to hire all these extra providers to go nationwide, which is pretty cost prohibitive. So our goal right now is to help Texans. Um, if Texas was a country, it'd be one of the largest countries in the world. Uh, and so our thought was, let's let's refine the the process. Let's refine the patient journey. Let's make this as perfect of a journey and as convenient as possible. And then the goal is to go nationwide. Um, nice. We can be nationwide within 12 months. Um, we just haven't pulled the trigger yet to do that. And right now we're working on just making sure that we get you, the patient, the experience that you deserve. Building yeah. out that media library I talked about, building out the app, um, as a small startup, we've got to allocate dollars. So it's like, do I allocate my dollars to go on nationwide and trying to take on the world or do I refine it and improve the patient experience and improve the patient interactions mm-hmm. and then take it, scale it? Yes. I think that's what you do. So, yeah. yeah. And then you scale plan. it. So, awesome. <laughs> oh man. And, uh, and, and let's just pull it full circle. So like. After you've done this, after you continue to do your own blood work and live what you're putting out there, personally, how do you feel? Like you're not diabetic. Yeah. I take it. No. You're not obese. I, I, I feel phenomenal. And now I know I don't even eat right now. Like before I ate super healthy and I was still gaining weight. Now when I gain weight, it's because I'm eating terrible. Like, But it's nice to have that option yeah. to be able to live my life. I work out. But I, I also drink alcohol and I enjoy time with my friends and I enjoy going to great dinners and all those things. And you don't have to live an ultra regimented life where you can't enjoy life um, to lose weight. If you're dialed in and you're optimal, um, diet and nutrition is always important. But if you're dialed in and you're optimal, you can you can make a few more mistakes than you can if you're not. Mm-hmm. Oh, a hundred percent. So yeah, it gives you a little more freedom and a little more leeway to have that moderation type yeah. of thing. You can have some drinks, you can have some fries. Yeah. I want fries at every <laughs> meal. So, okay. Well, thank you. Thank and you. everybody can go to ways to well. That's the number two. Yeah. The number two ways to ways well. well.com. Dot com. Thank you, Brigham. Yeah, I love you thank so you. much. I appreciate everything. I'm so glad awesome. we did this. Yeah. Thank you so much. All right. Thanks. Yeah. Humongous thanks to Brigham for all that he shared. And it was his first podcast and I thought he did amazing. So thanks to him. And don't forget, you can go to Ways to Well and you can sign up and you can even just give it a try. It's not like you have to commit to it for a long time. It's worth it just to get your blood panel. It was such a trip the first time I got my blood panel and went through it. And I was like... Like I said in the interview, uh, my liver's healthy. What? Uh, Go back to like episode two or three, whatever it was on this one where I talk about like drinking. And I think it was on this. Maybe it was on Rocking Life, my previous podcast. Whatever the case, I've got one out there that talks a lot about my drinking. and, um, And it's been a real journey there for sure. So, um, use the code if you do decide to do it and you're in Texas and it's Amy 10. Um, Also, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter and also reply to the newsletter. If you ever have something to say, just reply to the newsletter. Go straight to me, amy at amyedwards.com. Or you can email me if you have any thoughts or any habits that you want to share with me, anything unconventional that you do, anything that you've recommitted to. I want to know. I would love to be able to share those in these episodes or perhaps expand 
to having another episode every week where we can all share our own transformation journeys because I want to hear them. Absolutely. And I love to know what people are doing in their own daily practices. So maybe we can find that recommitment space too with our daily practices. I know I've needed it in the last couple of weeks, but I've also like done that dance where I give myself some space, but I'm feeling like I really um, want to recommit and live that five stars, right? And uh, recommit in every moment to being coming from my highest self and being that best version, whatever that looks like. We know it's in there. We know it's rattling around in there somewhere, even if we don't always actualize it. So thank you for being here for another week for Rocking Life. I could not be more thrilled. Do I dare to ask for the five stars? I do. <laughs> if If you can, please hit it. Leave a rating and a review. I would be completely honored and grateful. Let's connect on social media too. Don't forget you can find me at Real Amy Edwards. And of course, follow Hot Pie because they have tons of other amazing content. So thank you so much to our people here and for our new studio, which I'm so psyched about. Uh, watch it on YouTube if you need to. It doesn't look that much different, but it, it does to me. <laughs> I'll take a behind the scenes and I'll share that for sure. Um, Anyway, thank you so much for being here. I just wish you so much health and for us all to just keep transforming and getting better together all the time. Until next time, peace, love, health, wealth, uh, whatever else there is, joy, happiness, abundance, all the good stuff to you and yours. I'll catch you next week. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked this show, please rate and review. It totally matters. And I encourage you to spread the love too and share this episode with a friend if you feel called. Find me and my newsletter sign up at amyedwards.com. And you can also connect with me on Instagram at realamyedwards or in Clubhouse at amyedwards or write to me. It's amy at amyedwards.com.